Welcome back, my beautiful people, to another episode of Talk It Up with Tierra Monique. It is your girl, Tierra Monique, and it is time to talk it up. I know you're probably like, what am I listening to? <laughs> I'm in a country kind of mood, even though I don't think... The, are the Eagles country music? I thought it was rock. But this, this is the Eagles. This song came out back in 1972, about nine years, way before I was born. <laughs> But it's a nice, like, easy listening type of song, especially right now where I am watching the sunset through my window, sitting on my couch, my feet up, and relaxed after a long Friday. Happy July to you all. Happy, happy, happy. Um, I can hear my air conditioner just came on, so that I'm blessed. <laughs> to be in air condition and if you're not able to be in air condition god i pray that he will turn things around for you so you can be out of the heat but welcome welcome back oh yeah the name of this song is um peaceful easy feeling by the eagles so you know sometimes you gotta step out of the box and listen to something that's not something that you normally listen to or a part of your so-called coach culture and um be open-minded to music. Um, not all music has to be that you listen to have to be in the same box. Like, just because I'm I'm black and Puerto Rican doesn't mean that I only should listen to hip hop, R and B, and salsa music. I listen to all types of music that speaks to my soul. I think that's what music is all about. It's about listening to music that speaks to your soul, which is your mind, will, and your emotions. That gives you that motivates you, encourages you, or calms you. Um, it just helps you. Music is is a healing vessel that God gave us, and I'm so thankful for it. But as I turn this down a little bit, I'm not even sure if you could hear it anyway. Um, but um, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Talk It Up with Tierra Monique. Um, I think I said this before, but I'm going to say it again. I am... Tierra Monique, and it is time to talk it up. We're talking about peace. Why are we talking about peaceful feelings? <laughs> We're talking about today creating false peace. Ooh, how many of y'all have created false peace in your lives with the people around you? You don't even you didn't think you were doing it. You thought that maybe that it was um oh you know, I just want to keep the peace with everybody and you know, in all honesty, you are creating false peace, creating false peace within yourself because you weren't saying how you really felt. And yeah, there is a time and a place for everything because sometimes you don't have to say it right then. Um, but um, I think that it would do your mental health good to express yourself when the time is right, when you have the right words to say and you can say it in the right tone of voice when Ephesians 4 15 tells us that we should speak in love to those um that we do encounter that we need to talk to so I, I think that um it's it's uh my due diligence <laughs> to show you how you are creating false peace within yourself and with others around you just so you can say that you're at peace with everybody else. Because that's been like my whole mantra for the past year or so. Is I'm just going to 
my whole goal is just to have peace with people and, you know, and just mind my business. Like it's out of the breath. <laughs> mind my business. Okay. But, but yeah, it's episode 63. Happy July. I wasn't with you last week, but I'm here today. I hope you all are enjoying, enjoying, enjoy. Why did I cannot say that word today? Have you ever, has that ever happened to you? Side note, have you ever said a word so many times and then you say it one time and it sounds like foreign, foreign language? <laughs> um, but I hope you are enjoying, you are enjoying <laughs> your July so far. I hope you had a good 4th if you celebrated July 4th. Um, if you didn't, I hope you just had a great, was that Sunday? A great Sunday. Um I, what did I do for the fourth? Phew, my memory. Uh, oh, yeah, I had a good fourth. I went to church and went to lunch with my um, family. And then I went, did some, did some uh, home, load, no, some, not Home Depot, some load shopping with a friend. So, yeah, um, not a good July fourth. But anyway, it's not July fourth anymore. It's Happy Friday. It's Freedom Friday, y'all, because I'm about to let you release yourself. That you can get delivered <laughs> today from creating false peace. Let's be free from being fake. <laughs> and it's not really so much as being fake with other people, but being fake with ourselves. Okay, but I'm gonna get onto all of that. Okay. Um, if it's your birthday today, I want. I thought about starting doing this. If it's your birthday today, happy birthday. If it is your anniversary, happy anniversary. Um, if something great happened to you today, congratulations. If something did not happen so good to you today, just know that you can get through it. And tomorrow's going to be a new day. You can start all over again. Because God knows, I know every day is not a happy-go-lucky day. But we can choose to smile. And we can choose to say that, God, you got me. You got my back. And I know I can do all things through your son, Jesus Christ, who gives me strength. So with that being said, let's pray. God, we thank you. First, we thank you, God, for today. We thank you for this great, wonderful Friday. We thank you, God, for the sun that's setting right now in my neck of the woods. And we thank you, God, for whatever is going on right now in our lives. Maybe good or bad, but let us count it all joy, no matter what. God, we thank you for your peace. Your peace that passes all understanding that will guide our hearts and mind through your son, Christ Jesus. We thank you, God, that your peace will calm us, will center us, will give us clarity about what we need to do next or what we need not to do. If we need to be still, God, let us let your peace calm us and tell us to be still. And let us also create true peace within ourselves and with others around us let us not tell ourselves a lie just to have peace with other people and let us not tell a lie to other people just to have peace with them let us be truthful in all things even with ourselves in jesus name we pray amen amen y'all so it is time for our segment Black Legacy Moment. <laughs> it's July, y'all. I told y'all I was gonna. My goal was to incorporate a Black History moment in every episode, whether it be Black History 
or Latina history, I want to do it because I want us to not forget who we are and how far we've come and our accomplishments. And it is time more than ever right now. It's time for us to not only celebrate ourselves in February or on Juneteenth, but celebrate ourselves every day, 365 all the time. Okay. 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 So today's Black Legacy Moment is, or Person of the Week, is Althea Gibson. Do you know who Althea Gibson was, y'all? So this week, July 6, 1957, Althea Gibson became the first African American to win a tennis championship at Wimbledon. Gibson's amazing career included 56 singles and doubles titles, including wins in 11 Grand Slam tournaments. In 1957 and 1958, Gibson was voted Female Athlete of the Year by the Associated Press. She was the first African-American tennis player to compete in the U.S. National Championships in 1950 and at Wimbledon in 1951. Gibson also broke racial barriers as a professional golfer and becoming the first African-American woman to become a member of the Ladies Professional Golf Association, the LPGA, in 1964. Gibson was born in Clarendon County, South Carolina, on August 25, 1927, and unfortunately she died on September 28, 2003 in East Orange, New Jersey, at age 76. So today we salute you, Althea Gibson, for paving the way for, you guessed it, Venus and Serena Williams as they continue the legacy of showing that black women, we are not just good at doing hair, we are not just good at doing nails, we are not just good at singing or cooking, but we are also good in sports and tennis. Also, I want to go ahead and point out, not only did July 6, 1957, this week, um, did Althea Gibson make a mark in U.S. history, but also 21 years ago, this week on July 8th, Venus Williams won Wimbledon. She became the second African-American woman to win at Wimbledon following the memorable, the memorable, sorry, Althea Gibson, like I, who I just said, was the first African-American to win a Wimbledon in 1957. The former ranked number one player in the world by the Women's Tennis Association has dominated tennis and her powerful sister Serena Williams during the beginning of the 21st century. Venus Williams has won Wimbledon five times and continues to dominate in the sport of tennis. And a week ago, Serena Williams was in Wimbledon at um, on her way to another victory, but unfortunately, she had to bow out due to an injury to her leg, and we wish her well. We pray for her recovery. And we know she's going to come back and um, um, represent us 
as best as she knows how and make us proud again. So look at that. Three black women paving the way for other little Althea Gibsons and little Venuses and little Serenas to come up and to show the world that we can also be the best and, and show black ex excellence in tennis. Yay! So that is your black legacy moment of the week. That's your black legacy moment. <laughs> Look at me. I laugh at myself, y'all, because I be trying. I be trying. I be trying. Okay. <laughs> all right. Oh, I want to say you let, let you know that you can find all this information at blackhistory.today. That's blackhistory.today. T-O-D-A-Y. Find all the black history facts that you want to know from this week or the week before or anything. Anything black is on blackhistory.today. Okay? Okay. Well, now it's one of my favorite segments of Talk It Up with Tierra Monique. It is story time. It is story time. Cue the music. <laughs> All right. Story time. Okay. So, um, this past week, uh, my son, I took him to take his learner's permit test again. So if this, if you're new to my podcast today, welcome. If you're not new, then you may remember I did an episode for spring break back in April of this year. And at the time I was telling you that I had went to, I was, I was at the DMV waiting for my son to come out from finish taking his test. Well, unfortunately, um, he didn't pass. And so he kind of second-guessed himself. He he had had the right answers, and he went back and changed them to the wrong answers, and it kind of really frustrated him. So, of course, because of COVID, um, the pandemic, um, DMV is now appointment only. And there are only a few, I don't know how many slots they have allotted for you to get your learner's permit or take the test, but because of that, the next appointment wasn't until July 6th. So, yeah, so from April, like early April, like the first week of April until July 6th, <laughs> that's three, um, was that, three months maybe? Um, he had to wait. So he studied, he studied, he studied. He's like, I know it, I know it. We prayed in the car. We went through there. We had to go through everything again. He had to fill out the form. He had to take the eye test. And then so, okay, bet, bet. He can go in there and he can go ahead and just take it. Um, so he opted to do the computer test. You can do computer or paper. So he did the computer and he came out and he was, felt so defeated. Um, he walked to the car and, um, I felt for him. He's a 17 year old who's, uh, it doesn't show a lot of emotion all the time. And as a teenager, he did when he was he was younger. But now as a teenager, being 17, <clears throat> he's like almost six feet tall. And to see him kind of like, you know, become very vulnerable, it just, it, it just breaks my heart every time to see him cry. And I just see him become vulnerable because I think that he needs to always 
be open to share and express his feelings. But I know how hard he studied and I know how much he wanted it. And um, he, he got so caught up in not making the same mistakes that he ended up making a new mistake. I don't know if that ever happened to you. So he... He's like, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not going to second guess myself. I'm going to go with my first instinct, my first gut with the questions. And I'm going, but so he did that, but he didn't review his answers. And he said that he didn't review it because he was, he didn't want to go back and look at the answers and then change them. Which is ironic, excuse me, I pause, which is ironic because. He needed to go back and change one of the answers, unfortunately. And I'm not laughing because I'm laughing at my son. I'm just, it's like a nervous type of like, oh my gosh, type of laughter. It's like a, ugh. But anyway, um, so if he had hit the review button and went back and looked at the answers, he would have saw that he, he marked one of the answers wrong. He could have changed it and went on. Unfortunately, with a, with a DMV, driving driving test the written test you have to pass the signs portion first the stop signs the traffic signs you have to pass that part first before you can move on to the next so he didn't even get past that part because he didn't go back and review and I was like oh I just felt bad for him and I hugged him and I didn't want to cry because I wanted to cry too and I didn't want to cry I just hugged them and let them know they was okay. And that you know, the good thing, you know, try to look at the bright side of things. But what was going on, also what was going through my head was, why God? Why? Because we prayed. And have you ever, has that ever happened to you when you're like, no matter how much word you get in you, no matter how much church you do, no matter how much uh, worship songs and praise songs that you sing, no matter how much Bible time you have, when things don't go the way you want them to go, you do, as even a human being, say, why God? And that's what I was thinking. I was like, why? Like, why did this happen? Like, it wasn't like, you know, devastating. But to him, it was. It was like a, it was a failure. He felt like a failure. And then he started like questioning himself, like, well, what if I did this? And what if I did that? And you get caught up in the what ifs. And um, you do question God and you say, why? And at first, as soon as I said, why, God? You know, we pray. How come? Why wasn't this his time? Why wasn't this? Why wasn't it his time today to, to pass it, to at least get his learnings from it? I mean, he's 17, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to go in, into his senior year in high school without having it. You know, he doesn't want to graduate from high school without having his driver's license because, you know, you have to have your learners permit for five months, I think it is, um, or six months before you can even apply to get your driver's license. So oh, my heart hurt for him, but when I asked God why... I don't think I got an answer. And I felt guilty for asking God why because, I mean, I offered to help my son to do it for me to help him study. He said, oh, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. You know, he's at his dad's house. I got it. I got it. And so I started doing the what if. I was like, well, what if I had went over there and said, nope, get in the car. We're going to go study right now together. 
What if I had did that? Would he have passed it? But even, you know, it's like the what ifs happen and the whys happen. And I allowed myself to go through that. I allowed myself to do the what ifs. I allowed myself to do the whys. And then I told him, you can do the what ifs. You can do the why gods. But at the end of the day, and I was talking to myself too, it already happened. You already know what you have to do now. And you already know when the next appointment comes, which is not until September. <laughs> oh, I hate this thing. I wish you could just, you know, he has to wait 14 days anyway. But I hate that he has to wait till September. But anyway, maybe another appointment will open up. But in the meantime, I told him that he knows what he has to do. You know, DMV, they have a practice exam on their website so he can practice. So I told him, I was like, you know, once a week or, you know, every other week, go ahead and practice the exam until your day. That way you're used to it. You're used to the format. You know what to do. You'll remember to review. So not only will you remember to not second guess your questions, you'll also remember to review. It doesn't mean you have to change anything. Unless you notice something is wrong. Um, and then it can help you study more. And then his, his dad will be back by then from being deployed. And so his dad will be able to go with them, hopefully. And there will be some extra support, you know. And um, I just, my point is, <laughs> there is nothing wrong with feeling the, the, the pain of failure. Like you failed. It doesn't mean that you're less in the you're less of a Christian. I'm coming from a Christian standpoint, and even from a non-Christian standpoint, it doesn't mean you're less of a person, or that you don't believe in yourself, or that you don't have high self-esteem because you feel that pain, you feel that disappointment. It's when you sit in it and you don't allow yourself to learn from it, is when it becomes a problem, and when you. And I think it's I think it's okay also to ask God why, so that He can tell you. You know I don't know why I still don't know why. I mean I've come up with my, I've come up with stuff in my head like well maybe He didn't do this or maybe I don't know, but I think my son at his age should be asking God why for himself, because he has to know God for himself, and I think those answers have to go to my son. I think my son has to ask God why has to ask that question. And it has to evaluate, did I do everything in my in my capability to make sure that I was prepared for this test? Did I rush it? Did I try to hurry up and get past that part because I thought I already knew it? And I felt like, let me go ahead and get it done because I know it all. Instead of taking my time. Remember, there was a lesson. And there was a lesson in him not getting it. You know, it's a lot of things. God has a funny way of showing you lessons, as Eric Roberson says in his beautiful song that you need to go download and stream it on every platform. But God does have a funny way of showing you lessons. And you may not know it's a lesson, but it's a lesson. So that's my story time. There's nothing wrong with questioning God. But when you question God, you need to be ready for the real answer. Now, I don't know what that answer was for my son, but he has to ask God for himself because he has to have that relationship with God for himself. And if you are not a believer or whatever faith you are, I would say that you still have to ask yourself 
you know, I mean, really ask yourself, why did this happen? And what could I have done to, to, to not have, to, to have avoided this outcome? If possible, if possible. Okay. Okay. Um, knowing that all failure can make you stronger. I did tell him that. The what ifs, the why guys, you cry, you're upset, feel your, feel your feelings. It's okay, but it's supposed to make you stronger. You learn the lesson. You're going to move on from this and you're going to do better and be better and also be an example and also tell somebody else, you know, and you may be able to help somebody else. You never know. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's my story time. I went a little long, but that's my story time. I hope you got something from it. <laughs> If not, just keep on listening. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening for this far. I'm tongue tied now. Um, we're gonna get into the meat and potatoes of episode sixty three, creating false peace. When we come back from a word from our sponsors. All right, so we're back. Creating false peace. Yeah, I know I got my notes. You're gonna you're gonna hear. You're going to hear, you're going to hear that paper turn. You're going to hear that paper turn. So, um, creating false peace. What is creating false peace, Tiara? Well, I'm glad you asked me. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> creating false peace. This is my definition of creating false peace. It's not um, nothing else. This is what I know for myself. And I've also um, did a little bit of research on it. Just a little bit. Mm, excuse me. Excuse me, I had to burp. <laughs> Drinking that water. All right. So we, to me, creating false peace is allowing an untold truth to stay dormant in order for you to have this so-called peace between you and someone else or between you or between your or you and yourself basically so example um <clears throat> there's something there is something that may have happened between you and i don't know a friend um and instead of confronting the problem between the two of you um you want to avoid confrontation okay in order to keep peace between y'all so that your so that your friendship can continue to to be the way you want it to be which is what without confrontation but if your friend is your friend you should be able to confront your friend with a truth with the truth Without any backlash or negative consequences. But some of us are so afraid of what the outcome could be that we create false peace. We tell ourselves, well, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and not say anything because I don't want them to get mad at me. I don't want to create no drama. I'm just going to let it be and I'm going to give it to God. And we use God as, um, oh, I can't think of the word. Basically, we use we use God as a way 
of not um, telling the truth, of not um, confronting the problem, not standing up to what you believe in, not standing up to what you need to do. Now, yes, there are going to be times where you're going to need to be quiet in order for God to take care of some things because somebody may be so far out of reach in their psyche and their thought process they they that they can't even hear nothing that you say. If you even if you what you're gonna tell them is to benefit them, they can't even hear it and you have to give it to God, right? Um, to let God to in order to have the peace and let God work on them. But that that is what I I um define as creating a false peace. It's basically avoiding confrontation in order to keep the relationship um, to keep the environment at a stable likeness in which you want it to be. So everybody can be happy, nobody be sad, and we just keep going on, going on, going on, going on. And it's like, what? I'm like, no. I wrote this down. Creating false peace robs you of time, joy, and real peace with yourself and others. So how so? I'm glad you asked. When you don't speak up and you want to be known as a nice person, right? Then you create yourself as being fake. You create fake fake niceness, right? It's not saying that you want to be mean, but you, oh, I want to play nice. I don't want to say nothing. I don't want to rustle any, ruffle any feathers. So I'm going to be, I'm going to play nice. I'm going to let this go. Even though they keep doing it over and over again. Even though they keep lying to you over and over again. Even though they keep hurting your feelings over and over again. But you don't say anything because you want to keep the peace. And you want to be a peacemaker. But now you're being fake. Right? So that now, so now you're robbing yourself of who you really are and how you really feel in order to what? Keep the peace. What else do you do? So by doing, oh yeah, so by doing that, you rob yourself of being yourself, okay? You rob yourself of time because the time, that you, the time, real time with that person, right? Or even yourself that you can have with them without worrying about Oh man, what well, I'm gonna say it? Should I say it? Should I not say it? You're going back and forth in your head. You're not even enjoying the moment with them because you have this in the back of your head and you want to confront them about it, but you don't do it. Why? And that robs you of the of true um quality time with them. That also robs you robs you of true quality time with yourself when you don't want to confront something that you have been avoiding within yourself. Uh, procrastination, poor time management, not eating healthy, not exercising, not going on that job interview, not um, going after that opportunity, not going after your dreams, not going up for that promotion, not going back to school. You avoid confrontation. You want because you want to keep things comfortable. You're robbing yourself of peace. You're robbing yourself of real time. The time that you could, if you go ahead and you say, "Hey, this is going on." And y'all correct it. Okay, now I can enjoy myself with you. I can enjoy myself with myself. Okay? You don't have real joy. Because you're constantly having this in the back of your head. And you're not calling out the wrong because you know 
what you think the outcome would be. So you may say to yourself, if I say this, I know what they're going to say. Because I know last time so-and-so said something to them, then this would happen. Or the last time I said something to them many years ago, this is what happened. So you don't say anything because you already created what the outcome was going to be. And so because you already created a negative outcome, then now you don't say it and then you don't have no peace. So now the other person thinks that everything is right. And so you actually rob the other person of what's really going on because you don't tell them. And so you're avoiding confrontation with the people in your life, your children. You avoid conversation with your children because you want them to like you. And this may be your adult children or even your teenagers. You know, there's this whole thing where, where parents have to be best friends with their teenagers. Absolutely not. Because when you're trying to be a best friend with your teenager, then who's the parent? <laughs> when are they going to respect you? No. So you avoid conversation with your children because you want them to like you. You avoid confrontation with your family because you may need them. So I don't want to say nothing to them because if I say something to them, then they may not help me. They may not watch my kid for me. They may not do whatever I need them to do in, in the future or, or what they have already said yes to. They may go back on it if I say something about this. Uh, you avoid confrontation with your spouse, a fear of them leaving you or a fear of them... Um, not leaving you, but but they may do something negative towards you, like start the silent treatment, or maybe infidelity might happen, or they may avoid real conversation with you outside of, hey, how you doing, how was your day, how was work, how are the kids, and then once that conversation is over, once they do the basics with you, then they're done, they're off to the room, or they'll be back, oh, I'm going to go shoot pool, I'm going to go play basketball, I'm going to have wine with the girls. Y'all not even having any kind of conversation, real conversation. As a couple, this is your spouse or your significant other. And you don't want, you don't, you've already created in your mind, that's what's going to happen. You avoid um, confrontation with your coworkers. Because then you don't want to now possibly create a tense environment at work. You create, you avoid confrontation with your business partners because for a possibility of having a, also a negative work, a tense work environment or them pulling out of their, their investment out of, out of the business uh, or them making decisions without you. Um, and then, you know, you may avoid confrontation with your friends because you fear a loss of community, a loss of having someone to talk to, a loss of having someone to hang out with. Um, and because we all want to be liked, we all want to have people who love us. You know, we would be like, cheers. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. <laughs> we want to have that. And so we don't want to stir anything up. And we create false peace when there's something inside of us that says, hey, you hurt me when you said that to me last time. Or, you know, um, 
I felt some type of way when, you know, when you hung up on me or, you know, when you didn't invite me or um, whatever the case may be, whatever it is. If someone wrongs you, you should tell them. But like I said, God tells us to tell them in love. You don't, let me tell you something. Next time you, you know, I'm a lala and you grab an air. No. First, when they do it, if it's something that's really bad and do it right there, you can correct it right there. Hey, um, what you just did, I didn't like that. I didn't, I didn't really like that. That, that really hurt me. Or if right, or, or if you, if they did it right then and you know, you're about to come out your mouth with something wrong, you can just wait. God, give me the right words to say so I can say so I can address this issue in love. The Bible also says if you know that person, <laughs> if you already tried to address it with that person and they don't want to hear it, you're supposed to bring another person. Not bring not bring somebody else who is um going to uh, instigate and gaslight you up. Yeah, you know what? She she don't even know who she is. She don't even know who you got. Blah 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 blah. Oh, he don't even know. He don't he don't even know what woman. No, you need nobody gaslight you up. You need somebody with a sound mind who's going to be there to just be a witness, not to say anything unless they need to be. Basically, a mediator. Okay. That is how we create false peace by avoiding confrontation. <clears throat> so that's one. That's how you create false peace. You avoid confrontation. Something somebody wronged you. You don't want to say nothing about it. So you avoid everybody in your life. <laughs> Another way we create false peace is in the relationship world. You know, I like to come back to relationships because I'm still out here dating. <laughs> so I know about this. Uh, you create false peace when you meet somebody and you get to know them and you tell your and you tell yourself this has to be God. This has to be God. I have peace. I have peace about this man. I have peace about this woman. This got to be God. They going to church with me. They share kind of the same values even though I told them I don't want to have sex. And they were like, yeah, you know, I'll do whatever you want to do. But, you know, if we try, we want to do something, I ain't going to stop you. <laughs> and, and, and that's not their fault. Because, to be honest, side note, if you have a weakness, then you should know your boundaries. And I'm going to leave that with that. Okay? Okay. Because uh, I know for myself. I, I have experienced this myself. I know my boundaries. But sometimes we tell ourselves that we're stronger than, we, what, than what we really are. And those boundaries go way by the wayside. But anyway, back on point. Uh, you tell yourself that it's God. This is God. I have peace about this. And you create false peace when you see the red flags. You create false peace within yourself. Again, using God and saying this, God, this has to be God because they check off five of the 10 boxes they they got they half of it i mean we can work with it she got you know she got some of it you know what i'm saying bro i mean you know she i mean yeah you know she don't she can't hold a conversation but she look good <laughs> 
I mean, she don't know what's going on in the world, but, you know, she know what's going on in love and hip-hop, you know. Like, I mean, she look good, you know. She got a good job. She drive a nice car. She take care of her kids. But outside of that, we don't have nothing to talk about, you know. I got peace, you know. And this got to be God because I've been waiting for a long time. been single for a long time. This has to be God. I mean, you know, that's how we create false peace. That's creating false peace. When I mean, you know, goodness well. That ain't that person. That person ain't it. They not it. That doesn't mean they're not a good person. They're just not the right person for you. They're not the person for you. They can be a great, good person. I mean, just all-out good person. But there are some things that don't line up with what you need and what you know God would be pleased with. So... You're creating false peace when you continue to try to make that work when you know it shouldn't. And then you're now you're up at night. You can't sleep. You can't think. You can't focus because your spirit ain't right. Your soul ain't right. Your mind, will, and emotions are all over the place because you know something's not right between you and this person. And you're not supposed to be with them. They're not supposed to be with you. And you're basically blocking the person that's supposed to be in their life by trying to make them fit into your life. If they don't fit your puzzle piece, if they're not the missing piece of the puzzle for you, then don't try to make it. What do they say? Don't try to fit a, a square peg into a, into a circle. <laughs> it don't work. It don't work. That's creating false peace. That is creating false peace. Um, okay, so also um, in the same category as relationships, you create false peace by compromising to create the peace. That's basically about about what I was just saying as far as, you know, that person is not for you. <clears throat> so I was listening to this podcast called Save Your Sanity. So good. It's by Dr. Roberta Shaler. It's called Save Your Sanity. It's a great podcast. She also has live streams on YouTube, so you can look her up. Just type in Save Your Sanity. And it's Dr. Shaler, I'm sorry, Dr. Roberta Shaler. And she said, something, she said something that was really good. And she said, your values shouldn't be fluid. Your values shouldn't be fluid. And what I took that as, your values should stick in the ground with cement all over it. And it can't be moved unless something catastrophic happens that makes it move. Your values shouldn't be fluid. If you value something in the relationship and someone else doesn't value that, you shouldn't be compromising to try to meet them in order for you to still be in that relationship. And that's any relationship, whether it's, you know, a um, business relationship, a friendship, um, a romantic relationship, even with your children. Your children get older and you have values and you have standards and you have taught them to have the same thing and they want you to go against that, no, your values shouldn't be fluid. And you don't compromise to create false peace in order to still be in a relationship with them. In order to still, you didn't let them know, I can't do that. I'm sorry, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't. Now your kids, they can't not be your kids no more. <laughs> But if you have adult children, they may not want to talk to you no more. Even your parents. If your parents are trying to get you to go against your values, 
they're not going to be your parents anymore. But if they don't want to talk to you, I'm okay. I'm, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because these are my values and they, and they're not, and they're not fluid. They don't flow. They don't, they don't flow in and out of different people. My values are my values. My standards are my standards. Now, if I choose to change them because I, for some reason, I change them for me, that's different. But my values should not change because of you. You don't compromise to create peace. It is more peaceful for you to stand in your values and your standards than it is for you to create false peace by trying to compromise. And now you got a whole bunch of hell going on inside of you because you had to compromise. Okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So my last thing, really, um, my meat and potatoes of this, is still in the relationships. And so I'm still in relationships. And this is all relationships, okay? Um, but this last point is specifically about romantic relationships. Do not create false peace in order to get the ring. Okay. Okay. I've experienced this. I have. <laughs> you want the ring so bad that you go along with the path, the logical liar or manipulator, in order to get the ring. You go, oh, okay, yeah, whatever you want. whatever, Okay, whatever you say. Okay, whatever you want to do. When you know every time you do what they want to do, it just, you just, oh. And, and, I, and that's still on the compromising to create peace. It's a, it's a, all this is just flows in together. You want this, the ring so bad that you create false peace between the two of you. That's avoiding confrontation. And so you can't sleep. You can't sleep. You can't sleep. Let me tell you something. When it, something triggers you, let that trigger save your life. Because it saved me. A trigger will save your life. Okay, a trigger will, will save your life. The trigger saved me because the lies the person kept telling me, and when I called them out on it, and they still acted like they did, that what I was saying was not true, and they couldn't recall it, and they didn't remember it. When I know that, when I know that they flat out lied to me, flat out lied to me, that stopped me in my tracks. That said, "Whoa, whoa, I'm sorry." I let I let all that future talk, all that future talk, all that this gonna be your house. We gonna live together after we get married. We gonna live here, and all this stuff. And what kind of what what ring size do you wear? Yeah, <laughs> what kind of rings do you like? What kind of dress you want to get? Um, there's gonna there's gonna be no budget for the wedding. All that talk blinded me. Was like oh I was like oh oh yeah oh yeah. But when the lies started, and I was catching lies, and I was like, oh, okay, no. Well, maybe he forgot. Or maybe he just forgot about that part. And I was, like, trying to make excuses for the lies. I was creating a false peace within myself in order to get the ring. Okay, Tierra, you can, you can let that slide. You can, let, you can let that slide. Just pray for him. Just pray for him. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was watching a, a dating series today with Dr. Darius Daniels and his wife, um, Shamika Daniels. And um, they were talking about, it was called Dating 101, the summer series. And they were saying, yeah, you can pray for them, but you also need to watch 
and continue to collect data before you make any permanent decisions based off temporary emotions. The temporary emotions is, yes, I want to get to the altar. Yes, I've been single for a long time, but what are they showing you that you know is not going to sit well with you once the wedding happens? Also, I saw today on Instagram, Pastor Keon Henderson, he says, what a person does before you get married is what they're going to do when you get, when after you get married. So what a person does before you get married is what they're going to do after you're married. So if you value if you value honesty and this person is not honest with you, then you need to pump the brakes. Either you need either you need to exit stage left and say have a nice life or you need to pump the brakes and you need to slow it down and say you know what, let's back this up. Let's back this all the way up. Let's start over. Let, let me let me slow this down. Let me let me take all take take my eyes off the prize, which is the wedding day. Because at the end of the day, yeah, you're gonna have a great wedding, but what's gonna happen in your marriage? Are you gonna be up late at night crying because you feel like you make a wrong you made a wrong decision because this person is always doing something wrong towards you? Because what you saw before the wedding, before the ring, you let it slide. And now it has magnified post the wedding. No. So you pump the brakes. You pump the brakes. But you tell yourself, I have peace. I have peace. But you don't have peace. It's you talking about that peace. It's not God giving you peace. God wouldn't set you up for failure. God does not set us up for failure. We set ourselves up for failure when we go after things that are not of God. And that's the truth. Okay? So, be in the mindset of, if I got to tell the truth and this person walks away from me because now our happy-go-lucky friendship, relationship, uh, co-worker, whatever, is not the way they want it to be, then let them walk away. But don't create hell within yourself in order to create a false peace with someone because you want to have a happy-go-lucky, nice environment. Again, you don't have to address it right away if you don't know what to say in love. You can wait and let God tell you what to say. Holy Spirit, tell me what to say. So that I don't offend this person, so I don't, so I don't hurt them. So that, but so they can receive what I'm saying in love, and hopefully we can correct it together. Okay. So don't let don't let the false peace hinder you from having real true peace. Okay. Okay. So the takeaway from today is the peace is yours if you want it. If you want that real peace, if you want that true peace, it is yours if you want it. First, God's peace is the peace that we should be after more than the peace that we should have with, with other people. Because once you, once you allow God to download his peace in you that passes all understanding, which will guide your heart and mind. It says he's going to guide it. He's going to guide your heart and mind. He's going to guide you what to say. He's going to guide you on how to flow with that person. Then you can have peace 
with the other person. Because you'll know what to say and you'll know how to say it. All right. Also, another takeaway. Don't over-Christianize the, ne- the necessary decision you need to make. Don't over-Christianize it. You know, we get all caught up in the Christianese or whatever. Like I said, you know, God, I feel peace about it. You know, you know, God wants me to have peace with all men. He does want you to have peace with all men. But I believe God wants you to have real peace with all men. Meaning that if someone wrongs you, you need to address it in a loving way. Okay? Okay. Um, God commanded us to love others but not to be abused by others. So yes, you can be at peace with someone, but if someone is abusing your niceness, your kindness towards them, then that's not a good relationship to be in. That's not a good uh, connection to be in. They need to be an associate and you need to love them from afar. You need to distance them, yourselves from them. Okay, okay. Also, oh, I said that, look at me. Love them from afar with prayer and daily forgiveness. If that person you go and talk to and you try to have peace with them. Sorry, my son walked in. If that person that you try to go and talk to does not want to uh, to talk about it. And um, I, I want to go ahead and say this. Just, just because you feel like someone uh, wronged you does not mean that you're right. I need to say this. Because sometimes it's all about our perspective. The other person may not have no no ill intent about it, but you will never know unless you go and talk to them. So don't walk around as if they wronged me and I'm better than them. No, if you feel like you've been wronged, you need to confront them about it. Now, if they don't want to, and if they say, you know what, I didn't even mean that. I'm so if they come to you to say, I'm sorry, I didn't even mean it that way. I apologize. Please forgive me. Um, please accept my apology. Um, I never want to make you feel that way. I never want to offend you or, and, um, are, you know, if they're, if they're in a space to fix it and to address it with you in a calm way, then go, then yeah, keep it going with them. But if you go and address it with them to get clarity, to get, uh, um, you know, comprehension of what understanding of what actually happened, or or let them know how you felt, so that y'all can have an adult conversation about it. If they come back all defensive, you know what? Don't argue with them. If they come back defensive, what you talking about? You blah 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 blah. Or they say, you know what? I don't even know what you're talking about. What what? Do not get defensive. Just say, okay, well, you said what you said. I didn't say what I said. And I don't feel, and based on this conversation, I don't feel that we can continue in the same space that we were in. And then leave it at, leave it at that. You don't got to cut them off, but you just, you know what? We won't be hanging out as much or whatever. We, can't, we won't be talking in the break room as much. Whatever the case may be. You know, you you act accordingly and adjust accordingly. Okay? Okay. Well, that's it for today, y'all. <laughs> I hope y'all had a great time with me, listening to me.
talking about creating false peace. Have you ever created false peace in your life with someone? Is there someone that you need to talk to about something that, that you felt like, you know, kind of hurt your feelings or, you know, your spouse, your children, your family, your coworkers, your business partners, your friends, um, your new boo, the guy you're dating, the girl you're dating. Don't be afraid to address it. Address it. Let God tell you what to do and um, and then let it be. It's going to be all right at the end of the day. Okay? Okay. Go with God. That's what people say. <laughs> Go with God. All right. The podcast quote of the week is, peace of heart alone is not always the peace of God. I do not know who the owner of that is. That is not my words. But I read that in an article and they did not have, <clears throat> they quoted that themselves in the article and they did not have the person's um, name on it to give them credit. So I'm not taking credit for that, but I thought that was a really good podcast quote. Um, peace, peace of heart alone is not always a peace of God. So if you tell yourself, oh, I have peace in my heart, you need to ask God. Do I have, God, is this your peace or this is my peace? <laughs> because having just your own peace is not God's peace. And he's not going to bless anything that you do outside of his will for your life. Okay? So, if you don't have peace about it, then, you know, pump your brakes and ask God about it. Say, so if I don't have peace about it, I need to ask God about it. Okay? Okay. All right, y'all. So thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for stopping by my podcast. Again, this is Creating False Peace, episode 63. Talk it up with Tierra Monique. And I will be back next week with um, another, well, I hope to be back next week with another great uh, podcast for you. Again, you can reach me at Talk It Up with Tierra Monique um, on Instagram and Facebook. You can reach me um, at talkitupwithtiramonique at gmail.com, everythingtiramonique.com. And also, you can listen to me on anchor.fm, Spotify, Stitcher Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and just look me up and I may be somewhere else too, <laughs> okay? Tell a friend, tell your neighbor, tell your brother, tell your sister, tell an enemy. All about this podcast. Let's help each other. Let's help each other heal. Let's help each other be better. Um, until next time, um, seek God first in all you do. That's Matthew six thirty three. Love yourself, love others, and love God as well. Be kind to yourself and be kind to other people. And until next time, God bless and smooches.